Well, um, I am excited about tonight's message, and I was, kind of, I was, I was preparing for it. I was thinking about um, my oldest son, and you'll, you'll pick up on why here in just a little bit. Um, but um, my son, he's uh, getting ready to turn 15, so he's the kid that, that made me a dad. And so, um, believe it or not, I've kept a child alive for for 15 years, and so I'm just pretty pumped about that, and, um, but, but I remember when he was little, man, my heart changed, it was such a significant thing, and so here's this little baby, and that's cute, but as a dad with my son, the thing I was really looking forward to was, was kind of having my buddy, right, this is, this is my son, this is my boy, and more than anything, I wanted to talk to him and share, share parts of my life with him. And so, you know, you wait for your kid's first word and, and you wait for it with anticipation because it's a big deal. They finally get to convey their heart to you in a significant way. And then what I've realized after 15 years is eventually they become teenagers and they won't shut up. Um, but that's a whole nother story. Anyways, the spoken word, the spoken word, our voice, the spoken word, I believe, is one of the greatest gifts that God's ever given us. It is a gift that allows us to educate, to inspire, to encourage, and to entertain. Movements have risen to the cadence of an inspirational tongue, and people have been swept from their feet in a whirlwind of poetic utterances. I remember this. This was a significant moment in my life. I was so jaded in life before I met my wife. Um, I've never shared this publicly, but I remember the day that I told her that I loved her, and I broke down, and I wept, and then she wept, and I knew that I had her in the bag at that moment. It was set. Um, <laughs> but entire nations have been tamed, all from grand speeches. Just think about the things that come out of our mouth, the movements that take place just by what we say. Words, they're more than sounds caused by escaping hot air. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor Aaron, if only you've heard the people in my life speak. Listen, I get it, they're full of it. But the things coming out of their mouth, they can be so much more. They're meant to be so much more. Our words can change everything, yet we toss them around so carelessly, so carelessly. We lose sight of the important gift that God's given us. I looked up some statistics um, as I was preparing for this message. And on average, a person speaks 16,000 words per day. And when I read that, I thought, there's no way. My wife at least speaks 32,000. Um, <laughs> no, in all honesty, I probably speak way more than she does. <laughs> But I did think about this, man. I've got a family of eight. There is, there's eight of us in our household. And if we're all home on a day, that could be 128,000 words on average. And so if I'm ever cranky, just know that that's probably it. You all pray for me. Um, but at 16,000 words a day, the average person would speak 850 million words in their lifetime. And those words not only impact the people around us, but they help to shape us and determine our future. They shape us. They determine our future. They shape and determine the future of the people around you. 16,000 words a day. Imagine taking an account of all 16,000 words that you said yesterday. Would you want us to know what was said? Would you want me to know what was said? If I'm being completely honest, I don't want any of you to know what I said yesterday. I mean, because I carelessly toss around the things that come out of my mouth. And some things, 
In moments like this, you guys get to see me operate in the gifting that God's given me. And, and I, get, I get praise and I get admiration for the things that I say here. But there's so many things that I say in private that I'm not so proud of. And, and nobody would give me any applause for the way that sometimes I speak to my wife, sometimes the way that I speak to my children, sometimes the way that I speak to myself and the things that I say about me and the way that I beat myself up. 16,000 words a day that we carelessly toss around. We go through much of our life unaware of what we say and how it impacts our journey. We must come to understand that our words are not empty and they do not return void. They have the ability to bring us success in our recovery or to destroy every bit of progress we've made. Our words matter. They are a gift from God and we have to learn to use them and treat them as such. Several weeks ago, we talked about labels. We talked about identifying labels, the negative things that have been spoken about us or to us or that we say about ourselves. And so this week, I wanna talk about taking the positive labels, discarding those negatives, taking the positive things we've learned and become, begin to build a value statement around our lives. Because if our words matter, if we have 16,000 of them that we say in a day, they should speak life into our situation. They should speak life into our recovery. And that's the, tonight, uh, the title of tonight's message. It's speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue can bring death, say death, death. or life, say life. life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And so when we look at this verse here, the tongue, your words, they're doing one of two things at all times. They're either tearing something down in your life or they're building something up. And as much as we wanna say that we can have idle speech that, that has no impact in our life, that couldn't be further from the truth. Every word, every utterance, again, is a gift from God. And we should, we should use it to speak life into our situations. We should use it to speak life into the people around us, to, to, to do God's work. But far too often, we use it to tear people down, to tear ourselves down, and to bring about death in our families and in our recovery. When we speak, when we speak of somebody of, of having great power, we often speak of them as having power over life and death. God's word says we have that power. Right now, each of us, we have the ability to speak life and to speak death. And we treat it as inconsequential, as insignificant. And we're called to more. We're called to more. And so I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, you're familiar with the childhood phrase, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but the words will never hurt me. And, and I remember as a kid, I mean, that was one of the things that, that we would say all the time. It was the greatest comeback ever. Um, I'm sure the kids now have something far better than that. Um, <laughs> but it was such, we were so wrong. We were so wrong as, we, as we've gone through life. Some of my deepest wounds came from things that people told me. Some of my deepest wounds have come from things that I've told myself, that I've convinced myself of. I have scars physically 
the ones you can see, and they heal, and I'm fine. It's the ones that you can't see that cut much deeper. It's the ones that came from words that impacted my life so negatively for so long. And so the things we say, they become a self-fulfilling prophecy over our lives. The things that you say become a self-fulfilling prophecy over your life. And so tonight, as we talk about a value statement, what I wanna encourage you to do is to identify the areas of your life that, that aren't quite where you want them to be. And maybe it's your fault, maybe it's somebody else's fault, but begin to speak life. Begin to take control over that area of your life. Begin to shape it and to mold it. Change the narrative by using the gift that God's given you. Maybe your husband is angry because you trash him all the time. Maybe your wife won't do anything for you because you can't muster up enough courage to tell her how much you love and appreciate her. Maybe your kids treat you with disrespect and treat you like garbage because you've never once taken the time to tell them how proud you are, how much you love them. Begin to, to speak life over your situation. If you show up to your job, your dead-end job that you hate so much, and I've had them before, and you begin to speak life into that, God, I'm so grateful that you've blessed me with a way to work and to make money, and you begin to speak life into those situations, watch how it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and changes the direction of every area of your life. Again, Proverbs 18.21, the tongue can bring death or it can bring life. It can bring death to your marriage. It can bring death to your job. It can bring death to your relationships, or you can use it to build up those broken places to reinforce what God's doing and come into agreement with him and begin to, to speak something significant over the areas of life that you struggle. The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences, whether good or bad. And so when we look at that verse in Proverbs, it reveals a powerful truth, and it's this, point number one, our words have real power. Our words have real power. And so I want you to consider, are you speaking life or death into your situations? Are you speaking life or death into the areas that you struggle? 16,000 words a day. Are they helping you or are they hurting you? I want to share with you for just a moment out of James. Um, and so James, if you don't know who James was, um, James was the half-brother of Jesus. And after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, James actually oversaw the church in Jerusalem, the believers there. They called it the way. And so here in James, he's specifically addressing those who might want to teach or preach. Um, and even though he's specifically addressing them in this moment, I believe it applies to all of us because we're all called to share the gospel of Jesus. We're all called to, to share with other people about what God's done. And so therefore, we all share in this responsibility that he's addressing here. But in James chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 2, it says this, Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every way. I'm going to repeat that. Again, that's James 3, 2. 
So we all make many mistakes. How true is that? For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. Well, how could that be? Because the tongue has power of life and death. Because when it, when it comes to my struggle, if I speak myself into success, if I reinforce myself, I'm gonna do great. I've got this. That, that reinforcement helps me to succeed. It helps me to hear God's voice move in those moments, in those situations. If I come out of the gate and say, I'm gonna fail, I am. Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, either way, you're right. And so we have an obligation and we should have a desire to speak life. Again, if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every way. Continuing, he says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder on a huge ship um, turns wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. And so James begins to, to liken our mouth and our tongue, our words, to a bit in a horse's mouth. I don't know if you have ever tried to physically move a horse. It's not going to happen, but something so small in its mouth can direct it either to the left or to the right. And then he likens it even to a large ship. I mean, the largest ship you could imagine. Our aircraft carriers are guided by rudders, something vastly smaller than the ship itself, though it guides and directs such a massive vessel. Our tongue, our mouth, is such a small part of our body and seemingly so insignificant. But, but James here is saying that if you control this, it controls the direction of your life. And then he continues, he says, in the same way, say the same way. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. That the things that we say can destroy our lives like that. They can burn down our relationships like that. A relationship I, I've built with my wife over the last several years that, that we could walk out of here and within a paragraph, I could destroy my marriage just by hateful things that I could say and I could rip away trust. What power that, that I can beat myself down today and all the success I've had in my recovery but, but if I lose control of this, if I let this go wild, then I can burn down every aspect of, of what God's allowed me to do over the last few years and the progress that I've made in my recovery. It's, it's such an insignificant looking part of our body, but it has such a significant impact on every aspect. The uncontrolled tongue can do terrible damage. And so how are you steering your marriage? Again, a few words in anger, can to destroy a relationship that took years to build. Your job, again, the things that we say can spread destruction quickly. The tongue, our words have significant power. Your job, we can tear it all down. Your recovery, the things you say 
can be the biggest obstacle in overcoming whatever it is you're trying to find success in. If you're always beating yourself up, if you have no significant value statement, if you're not speaking life into your areas of struggle, you're bound to fail from the get-go. So we have to develop a value statement. We have to recognize that our words have real power, 16,000 of them a day. Use them to fight. Use them for something significant. Use them to gain ground and find success. And so if our words have power, then the importance of what we say goes up. And so how, how do we begin to change what's coming out of our mouth? Maybe you're in here and you're like, that's great. Like, I've always spoke this way. I come from a negative family. It's hard to break that habit. Um, I know for me, um, cursing has always been a big struggle for me, you know? And it's, it's not an insignificant thing what comes out of my mouth. So how do we begin to shift from that? How do we begin to change what we're speaking, how we're speaking? If these words have power, again, the significance of what we say goes up. So how do we shift that? How do we change that into something that'll help us? And so it's by changing the heart. And point number two is this. Words come from an overflow of our heart. Words come from an overflow of our heart. And so I want to share with you from the book of Matthew. And so here, uh, Jesus, he had just healed a man. Um, I believe he was blind and mute. Um, And so Jesus does this significant miracle. Um, But there were some Pharisees there. And the Pharisees were teachers of religious law in Jesus' time. And so they were, um, they didn't like Jesus. They were actually the ones that ended up crucifying him later on and and having that um, completely false trial. And so here they see Jesus do this. And so they, they begin to attack the miracle that he's performed. And they begin to accuse Jesus. You do this because you're filled by the power of Satan. And so Jesus gets in this argument with them. And eventually it leads to this statement right here. Um, and it's kind of Jesus's comeback to the Pharisees. And he says this, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And so, um, again, I mean, if you, if you guys have ever picked things from the wild, been out in the woods, and you're like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab an apple off of this or persimmon or something, sometimes trees just produce rotten fruit. Um, and then, I mean, if you've been in certain areas of Oklahoma, um, I don't know if you guys know what honey locust trees are. Um, they've got like four or five-inch stickers on them. I mean, things are crazy. Man, just rip up your tractor tires, awful, awful things. It's a bad tree, straight from hell, I'm sure of it. Um, and so we, we know this, that, that we can identify trees by, by what they're producing, whether they're good or they're bad. Um, any, anybody who's a lawn person or, you know, if you garden, you have flowers again, there's things, flowers are beautiful, but weeds begin to grow up and it's like, that, that's not going to look the way I want it. I don't know it. And so we identify things in the wild that way. This is good. Uh, this is bad. Well, our words are the same way. And so Jesus, he continues here, um, and he says this, you brood of snakes talking to the Pharisees, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. And so Jesus, he just said, you can determine a tree by its fruit. 
You can determine a person by its words. And he says, you brood of snakes, you evil man, how could you speak of anything that's good? Because words come from an overflow of the heart. And so as you're walking around, if you're struggling in your speech, if the things that you say are angry or hateful or vile, I don't care how often you show up to church or how often you open your, your Bible or how much worship music you're listening to, this is a window to your soul, to your heart, to where you're at. And, and we can all hear it, but you need to take account of what you're saying. And, and, and I know this to be true in my life, and sometimes I miss it. It's so easy. But if I sit and listen to what I'm saying and how I'm saying, I can take my own words and, and I can judge where I'm at spiritually. And so I wanna encourage you to do the same. Again, our words come from an overflow of our heart. And so if we wanna change what we're saying, we've gotta to begin to change our hearts. And so he said again, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right for whatever is in your heart determines what you say? And so again, our words are a window to the areas of our life we try to keep hidden. He continues in verse 35. He says, a good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from a treasury of an evil heart. And so the words coming out of your mouth are the best indication of where you're at. And so how do we change our heart? If the things that we say are gonna impact our life in a significant way, and those things that we say come from an overflow of our heart, how do we begin to shift what's here? It's through a relationship with Jesus, that we, we lean into him and we trust him to begin to do a process and to begin to do a work in our lives. And little by little, he begins to deal with these things. And you've got to be willing, you've got to be obedient. I want to share with you out of Ezekiel real quick. And so here in Ezekiel, it's a foreshadowing of what Jesus would later offer to all of us. Ezekiel's in the Old Testament, which is before the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. And so here, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36, verse 26, and it says this, and I will give you a new heart, say new heart, new heart. and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey all my regulations. So Ezekiel here is actually, this is God speaking through the prophet to the nation of Israel, but it's a foreshadowing of what Jesus, again, would do in our lives. And so even though that was a promise to the Israelites, it's the same promise that, that when we lean into Jesus, this is the promise, that we get a new heart, that God would put a spirit in us. The Holy Spirit would indwell us and empower us. And, and even though we can't tame our tongue, it's wicked, it's full of vile poison, set on fire by hell itself, God can. And through that relationship with Jesus, through persistence, through time, devotion, through humbling, new heart, he'll put a spirit inside of us. He'll take out that stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And so it's through a relationship with Christ that we can begin to change what's coming out of here. And when we begin to change what's coming out of here, it, it helps 
to complete the work that God's already begun in you from day one, from that moment, from that moment of surrender, he began a work. And when you begin to bring all of these things in alignment, everything changes. Recovery changes. Marriage changes. Relationship with your kids change. The way you view your job changes. Your interactions with people, they change. All by allowing God to tame this tiny little thing in our mouth. And so again, point number two, words come from an overflow of our heart. Lastly, it's important to be mindful of the things we say. And point number three is this, we should guard our speech. Guard the things that you say. Uh, it's been a huge area of struggle for me. Um, so I'm born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, before all the political correctness. And so um, jokes are way more funny when you were born before if they're wildly offensive. And so I still struggle in this area because I still think that way. And it's nothing against anybody else. It's just, if I'm just being real honest, um, that's, that's a huge area for struggle. My wife gets on me all the time. She says, if the school calls, I'm handing you the phone. You're going to explain to them why our kids said that um, <laughs> and how it's all your fault. Because my wife, she's much more guarded at the things that come out of her mouth than I am. And, but it's important. Again, 16,000 words in a day. 16,000 words in a day. I'm not proud of all 16,000 of the things that come out of my mouth. But I need to learn to guard that. Because it speaks life or it speaks death. I mean, it's, it's not insignificant. It's not insignificant. And so we have to guard these things. Jesus said this, um, or James said this, sorry. Um, in James 1.26, he said, If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Again, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless, that we have, to, we have to guard what we say. Old school church might say it this way, guard your witness. Um, I didn't grow up in the old school church, but that's what my wife said one time. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it is important because people should know whose we are, who we follow by the things that come out of our mouth. Not, not only are they significant to the direction of our life, but also our ability to impact others for Jesus. Because we have a responsibility. As we come into relationship, as we grow, we need to bring people with us. We need to bring people with us. And if you're not guarding the things that come out of your mouth, you're not gonna bring as many people with you. And so again, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. The apostle Paul, he said this in Ephesians 4.29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, say everything. everything, everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That Paul gives us this charge that we need to guard our tongue, guard the things that we say, not just for our sake. I mean, we know that, that our words impact our lives, but recognize the fact that they impact those around us. Everything you say, let it be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. My biggest area of conviction when I read that is when I replay conversations with my children. 
I can be so angry. I can be so short. And the things I say in those moments are not good and helpful. And then I think to the ways that I deal with people when I'm frustrated outside of my family. I, I, can, I can speak in truth. Um, I have a reputation as a truth teller. That's not always a good thing um, because sometimes that's just somebody's polite way of saying um, you're rude. Um, and that can be me. I, I like to be blunt. I like to be direct. But being blunt and direct doesn't always mean that I'm being good and helpful. I can say something that's true and I can say it one or two ways. I can, I can be right or I can do right. And so we need to, to make sure that the things that we say are good and helpful so that our words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So again, you can be right or you can do right in those moments. And then lastly, um, the psalmist said this, or I'm um, sorry, it's in Proverbs, not Psalms, um, Proverbs 16, 24, and it says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. Whether you're speaking to those around you or speaking to yourselves, again, words can, can bring life or death and they're like honey, sweet to the soul, good for the body. It's something that, that if we develop a value statement in our areas of struggle, we can speak life into those areas. It's good for us. It's good for those around us. It's significant. It impacts the direction of our lives and the things that we say become a self-fulfilling prophecy over the direction of our life. Maybe you're in here tonight and the biggest struggle that you've had is the fact that you haven't allowed God's Holy Spirit to tame the tongue in your mouth, to, to bridle the words that you're saying, that you've continued to speak like trash and you've continued to speak death into every area of your life. And so I wanna encourage you, begin to take an account of the things that you say, begin to take an account of the words, the tone, the direction, the pointedness in your words and begin to use them to glorify God and to help to bring to fulfillment the work that he's already begun in your life. And so to recap tonight, our words have real power. Again, when we, when we think back to that that schoolyard phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's just not true. Our words have real power. They, they, they really impact the people in your life and they really impact you. The things that you say to yourself matter. Begin to speak life over your situation. Number two, words, they come from an overflow of our heart. If you're struggling in the things that you say, it's probably a good indication that you're struggling just with your relationship with Jesus. Begin to bring to alignment and your relationship with God. Begin to lean into him and allow him to do a work. It's through the work of Jesus that our hearts change, that it's transformed. And so our words come from an overflow of our heart. And then number three, we should guard our speech. 16,000 words. 16,000 words, guard them, use them wisely. 
Make sure the things that you're saying, the things that you're sending out, are sent out with purpose. Because the words we say, they do not return void. And so a couple action steps we have for you tonight. Number one, evaluate your speech. Take account of idle words, foul and abusive language, and replace them with words of life. Um, <laughs> be honest, I've uh, been doing a lot of mountain biking lately. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of F words in the beginning. I'm not proud of that. I fell a lot. I wrecked. Um, I was riding with my son the other day, and, and he even recognized, man, Dad, just the way you're, you're talking out here, it's changing. I was like, it's really just helped with my angers. I've taken account of those things and, and just begin to shift it. And you know what? I'm enjoying that time out there a lot more. But it, it's such a, it's kind of a funny picture, but it's a picture of life. And those moments, it's so easy to break down and to lose it and to just let things rip. Take account of it, though. Begin to change it. And number two, develop value statements for areas that you specifically struggle with. If you struggle in recovery with addiction, create a value statement that talks about the success. Claim the success that God's already given you. If you struggle in your relationships, have a value statement about who you are as a wife or a husband and about your spouse. Struggle with your kids, a value statement about how you are as a parent. Speak life into that situation. Speak life over them. Wherever your struggle is, begin just to create a value statement for those areas and use it, say it, speak it. So all of this tonight, everything that we've talked about, everything we talk about here, it's all centered off one thing. That's a relationship with Jesus. When, when we talk about speaking life, our life begins with a relationship with Jesus. We're spiritually dead before then. And so just to come alive means that we have to come into that relationship with Jesus. And so as we close tonight, one of the things I want to encourage you to It's just a relationship with him, a relationship with Jesus. And so if you're in here and you've never done that, you've never made that decision before, I want to encourage you to come down front and allow us to pray with you tonight. If you're in here and, and you've made that decision before, maybe you've gotten off track and you're like, man, I'm so far from God. Can I come back? Can I come back home? Absolutely. And so if you're in here tonight and you need to recommit, we want to encourage you to come down front and pray with us just to recommit. And then if you're in here and, and just through this message tonight that God just began to, to press on you, to bring some things to the forefront of your mind and you realize that it's time to set something down or to let something go and you need to get one of these white chips. We have these chips up down here on this table. And so if that's you, what this is, there's nothing magical about it it's just a reminder so that you know i gave that to god that that i've laid that at the foot of the cross and so if you need to pick one of these up maybe it's about something negative that you continue to speak or just any area of struggle i want to encourage you to come down front and grab one of these and then lastly if you just need prayer tonight prayer for anything at all i want you to know that that we love you we want to journey with you and we would love the opportunity just to pray with you. So for any of those things tonight, whether it's to give your life to Jesus for the first time or to recommit, we want you to come down and pray with us. To pick up a white ship, I'm gonna encourage you. 
And be bold and courageous and step out of your seat and come grab one of these tonight and just make that commitment that I'm gonna surrender this to God. Or lastly, if you just need prayer, again, let us pray with you. And so as we close tonight, as our chip prayers and huggers come down front, um, I just wanna ask you just to stand to your feet as we close in worship.